check into this place and I always I always have the same spiel when I check into a place where I say, Hey, can you can I have a quiet room? I'm a light sleeper, can I have a quiet room? And the and the guy at the front desk goes like, Oh man, there are no quiet rooms here. <laughs> and I'm like, This is this is gonna be good. Hey there everyone, this is Matt Bridger and you are listening to the Vegas Confessions Podcast. Didn't we go to my favorite dive bar before that? We went yeah. to Double Down. Double Down Saloon. Yeah, we had some ash juice. I am all about asking. Yeah, <laughs> I need to go check that room. There's like a dead guy in the in the bed. And the, the lady at the counter says, well, we'll call housekeeping. Like, housekeeping? Jay's never met an asshole he didn't like. <laughs> Shout out to the guy at third base at the blackjack table I was at last, who was obviously trying to keep a high-low count, but was mouthing the numbers as the cards were being turned over. Be careful what you say, because we can have you whacked. Hey, I'm Nicky Fermich, and you're listening to the Vegas Confessions Podcast. Well, welcome back, guys, to the Vegas Confessions Podcast. I am excited, because as you guys can see right next to me, I have one of the biggest, funnest YouTube channels I've ever stumbled upon because, guys, this guy is full of information, and that's what YouTube is all about, and I'm learning all of this stuff. This gentleman sitting right next to me has been to Las Vegas, Los Angeles, Canada, Europe, Japan, Thailand, Mexico, theme parks, covers a little of everything when it comes to travel. So if you're in the traveling bug, you definitely need to be subscribed to this channel. Guys, I present to you one of my favorite YouTubers because this guy is just so presentable. His canter, the way he carries himself is just very down to earth. Chris Rainey from the Yellow Productions YouTube channel. How are you, brother? Julian, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me here today. Look forward to talking to you. Pleasure e-meeting you. We've been chatting for a while, uh, and so it's great that we could finally do this. And thanks for that uh, great, great introduction. I appreciate that, brother. I've seen some of the interviews you've done and some of the people you've had on. I was recently watching the, was it Dale and Paula McKenzie? They are so yeah, fun. Yeah. They, they are, are fun. So fun. Absolutely. So I wanted to bring you on specifically. And, you know, I did start YouTube within the recent year. I've been driving into it as much as possible. So I did want to pick your brain about YouTube. We'll cover Vegas and then get to know a little more about you and, you know, how this whole journey started. So starting off, when did you start YouTube and how did you get into it? So I started YouTube in 2008, uh, and how I got into it actually probably leads to a little bit of backstory, which is to say that uh, I've actually been making travel videos since 2004. So 2004 is the first trip that my wife, who goes by the name OC Girl on our channel, uh, first trip okay. we took was to Japan. We made some family videos on that trip. I posted them up on my website uh, for like an MPEG format for people to download, friends and family, and people love the videos and but they were like more family videos and then they, they asked questions like hey chris when you went to japan did you buy a jr pass where did you stay how crowded were the subways uh and then i sort of realized that people were really interested in kind of this informative thing so when i started the channel on youtube called yellow productions because i drive a bright yellow car or at least i did at the time it was easy to go yellow productions and uh, let's make some informative videos to help answer those questions that everybody wants to know but never seems to have a good answer to that's it. And what was the main motivation going forward after, you know, realizing you had videos up and you had some information to share? Yeah, well, I think what keeps me going um, up doing public math, what, 13 years later now, uh, is that people keep watching my videos and, and not just they keep watching them. But, you know, when I'm around the world, people stop me and say, Chris, Chris, I, I just want to let you know, I love your videos. It's really helped me with this place or it's helped me with this place. And I'll say so when people um, stop me in person, like they take time out of their day to come up to me and just say thank you. That tells me that it's all worth it to keep going and keep making the videos. So before doing YouTube, were you in? Were you more into any other kind of content creation along the lines of video, audio, stuff like that? Yeah, so I guess my background in video is my dad uh, used to do wedding videos so he was like a videographer for weddings and so he would bring me along with him to do weddings uh, but that was always filming other people this was kind of the first time you know I was sort of in front of the camera and the host of the show um, but I would say the AV background definitely comes from my dad and that wedding experience. Now when did you start to get more comfortable on camera because I know talking on the camera in front of people in public can sometimes be you know you'll you'll be like 
looking at them and it can interrupt your video. When did you start to get more comfortable and realize, hey, I can do this. This is not that hard. Yeah, I think there were two phases. And so the first phase was considering the camera like I'm talking to a friend, right? I mean, just like I'm talking to you right now, although you're on a screen slightly down here and I'm looking in the glass right now. So <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at you. Uh, but, but I would say uh, that about like, hey, let me just be personable, probably took maybe three or four years on the channel actually to just develop that. I don't need to have another personality. I can just have my personality that that's actually what what people come here for um the second one that you hit of how do you get comfortable in front of other people you know that one takes a little bit more too because the first instinct is to be like i'm drawing a crowd let me stop and wait for them to go but then i realized well, those people are there because they find what what I'm doing or what we're doing, if OC girls run the camp, to be really interesting and they want to watch. And actually, it's a great way to develop new viewers for the channel because they'll watch us doing something. And then afterwards, they'll be like, hey, where's that going to go? That's and I'll it. be like, I got a card for you right here. Yellow production. <laughs> Do you want to be in it? You know? Uh, and actually, some of my most interesting guests even on like my vegas video there's one uh where safety man joins me this guy who's walking around with a light up hard hat and it came from like one of those encounters right he's like what are you doing i'm like do you want to be in it he's like i'd love to be all right let's go <laughs> i love it i yeah. love it have you encountered any challenges while doing youtube and had you overcome some of those yeah well i think uh you know, I don't know if there was like the, the biggest challenge for me in my life is we've recently had a daughter. Uh, she's about two years old now. Uh, and Congrats. so certainly from a oh, thank you very much. I know you have a couple of kids yourself. Um, but, you know, so congratulations to you as well. Yours a little older than mine. Um, but it's, uh, you know, that certainly the challenge now is like just the whole time management, right? Having time to shoot videos, to edit the videos, prioritize the family time. Um, you know, in addition to doing YouTube, I have a full-time job in the software industry too. And so just hours to do YouTube are um, slim, slim and slimmer. Uh, and yeah. so just learning how to do things quicker and more efficiently um, has been the biggest, biggest challenge recently. And, and I think the other one um, is just right remaining committed, right? To say like, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to put out two videos a week, two videos a week, yeah. rain or shine. Uh, and, and so one of the things I've learned to do that is just um, try to overproduce so that I've got like a big buffer so that then if something happens in my life, which uh, things do in everybody's life, then I can start publishing some of those things I have in reserve that then I can like build up again when, you know, life uh, returns to a slightly normal stage. I like that. So how long would it typically take you to edit a video for the most part? What does that process look like? It depends on the video. Uh, and I'll kind of give you a range, which is to say that um, actually now being a, a young father, I've been doing a lot of walking tours. And the reason why is because I don't have to edit them all that much. It's almost like, yeah. let's go to destination. Let's do a single take. Uh, but even then, you know, I touch up the color and the audio and this and that. So like a minimal edit is probably two hours. That's like a minimal okay. edit. Um, okay. But if I'm doing, you know, my like things to know about a city that I've done over multiple days, you know, that edit could be 20 hours or something like that. Okay. Right? So then it's like, and now, but it's not, and now it can't be 20 hours that I just, I crank right. out in a weekend, right? Now it's like, two hours on Monday and two hours on Tuesday and two hours on Wednesday. And we'll, and we'll get to the end of this eventually. So with all your travels, what has been some of the most favorite places you have visited? Uh, you know, almost every place I go becomes my favorite place when I'm there. But if I have some places that I go back again and again, uh, Japan as a country is a place that we go back again and again. Um, Tokyo continues to be one of my favorite um, cities in the world. Uh, yeah. I also really love Singapore. And whether you'd go say, Chris, is that a city or state or a country? It's probably all those things because it's a small <laughs> place. Uh, but that's probably my second favorite. I love the food there. I love all the attractions. I love the people. So uh, that's, my, that's my top two. So what would be some advice you can give for newer content creators like myself, just getting in, into YouTube and, you know, all of the journey that it is? Yeah, my biggest piece of advice would be, um, well, you, you're already in. So to you, I don't have to say just get in. But for people yeah. who haven't gotten in that are like thinking about making a YouTube channel or thinking about making a video, I would say just make the channel and put your first video up there. J just start doing it, right? I'd say, yeah. and, and you've already taken that plunge, but for people who haven't, just take the plunge. The water's fine. And the second thing I would say is just, um, you know, learn over time, right? Like nobody's, 
nobody's perfect at the beginning. Even if you look at like Mr. Beast, who's like the number yeah. one subscribed YouTuber, if you look at his first videos in his bedroom, like they were awful, you know, shot on like an iPhone or a GoPro. Uh, and so what I would say related to that is every video you make, just try to look at like one little thing to do better, you know, to be like on this video, I'm going to have better titles, I'm going to have better audio, or I'm going to yeah. look at the camera better, or I'm going to say less ahs and ums. And you can't do all yes. of them at once. But just every one, if you just look at like when you watch it, because you can't make each one perfect too, right? Like perfect's the enemy of the good. You never make a new video. And so if you're just kind of looking to be like, okay, I got to get it out there. But then look at that and be like, okay, that was one thing from that one that I'm going to take forward and, and do better next time. And I think you hit that one on the head because as a creator, I think we're our biggest critic, right? Like we're always trying to be better. We always notice something we mess up or we can improve on. And I think the other one going into it is when people first start getting into YouTube and they start realizing, hey, this is a lot more work than you think. Yeah, it yeah. kind of separates the people who are serious about it. That's right. That's right. I think there are, there are a ton of people who who say like – actually, there's a ton of people who see me in the wild that are like, man, YouTube, that must that must be a great job. I mean and they just – to them, it's so easy right? because they see the recording <laughs> and then they don't right. see all the back end stuff to like actually take that recording and make it something that people want to watch, right? Um, yeah. And you know, I mean the, the other challenging thing too though is like spending a lot of time on something that you think like – this video is going to be great. This this is going to be the one. This one's going to be millions of views, and you know it, it gets a few hundred or it gets a few thousand or whatever category or it gets ten. You know, right? Like, or if you're Mr. Beast, it gets a million, but it doesn't get ten, right? Ten million, uh, and so that's always kind of heartbreaking to be like, I loved this one, but not everybody else did. And so I also think it's important to be able to make con to make it for yourself to be like, you know what? I don't care if nobody liked that video because I liked it and I enjoyed yeah. the experience of it. And, you know, I hope they'll like the next one better. Right? And it definitely comes across with the viewer, right? I mean, they can tell when you're genuine about something, when you mm -hmm. like something and when you're just mm -hmm. fake. And I think most people can figure that out. Now, you mentioned I, Mr. Beast. Yeah. And that's an interesting one because he said it took him five years to get his first thousand subscribers. Yeah, yeah. And then his channel blew up afterwards. So that's very interesting. When I watch his videos, I'm like, wow, you take that into perspective to where he is now. And it For just sure. goes to show that anything's possible in this game. That's right. It sure is. It sure is. And I think that there's, I mean, there's a little bit of like, I mean, there's a lot of great people that are producing content because they don't have a lot of zeros after their subscriber count. People mm -hmm. just, they don't take the video seriously. And then you see a video to be like, oh, well, this person's got 10 million subscribers. Like, it must be good because other people like them. So it must be good. Right. And so there's certainly some of that like social effect on YouTube too. I like that. And so with all of your travels, have you had a worse hotel stay and where has it been? Ooh. Uh, yeah. My worst hotel stay ever uh, has been in Las Vegas as a matter of fact. Okay. Uh, okay. And I figured so, it was coming. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Um, and I have a whole video <laughs> about the worst cheap hotels in Las Vegas and it's mm -hmm. about hotels on the Las Vegas strip, but my worst hotel stay was actually not one of the ones on the strip. My worst hotel stay um, was at the St. Tropez hotel, which is, uh, I don't even know if it's changed names, but it's kind of like, McCarran Airport, it's like right at the corner of it. Like it literally borders the side of the airport. And okay. I check into this place and I always I always have the same spiel when I check into a place where I say, Hey, can you can I have a quiet room? I'm a light sleeper, can I have a quiet room? And the and the guy at the front desk goes like, Oh man, there are no quiet rooms here. <laughs> and I'm like, This is this is gonna be good, you know? And yeah. And I get into the room and like the air conditioner doesn't work, which if you've been in Las Vegas in the summer, of course you've been in Las Vegas in the summer in August, right? Like you can't mm -hmm. be in a room where the air conditioner works. And so they get the technicians in and they're like, okay, well, look, here's what we can do. Uh, we can just put it on the full blast. Like it, the controls won't work. Uh, and I'm like, fine, it'll be cold. But then it, it like it starts to drip, like a, not just drip, but like water comes. And they're like, well, we'll just we'll put a big bucket underneath it, you know, which eventually overflows and the room's all wet. It's a it was just a overall fantastic stay. So, yeah. And that was when I tell the stories, I booked it last minute, you know, go into a convention in uh, the summer. And that's what I'm like, don't. Don't just assume that Vegas or any destination will have hotels at a reasonable price for a random weekend coming up, right? Like book that ahead yeah. of time so you know you have a good place to stay, which has led to all these like hotel review things for me to be like, if I'd seen somebody make a video about that hotel, I would, I think I would have slept in my car before yeah. I stayed. Place, you know, yeah. at least That's I wouldn't it. have been wet. Yeah. 
after doing some recent, you know, discoveries on the worst hotels, I recently mm. stayed in one this last weekend. Okay. And it's actually one? the Mardi Gras Hotel, which is behind okay. Venetian. And it's yeah. uh, every video I've looked up is probably eight, nine years old on the place. So I definitely wanted to see if it was as bad. And it was a uh -huh. last minute booking. Both of my home <laughs> hotel properties weren't available for the comp. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, shit, here we go. So right. I get to this hotel. And just to narrow it all down, I mean, the bed is like part cow because there's spots all over the damn thing. Oh, and then nice. and at the yeah. bottom, there's a um, some blood. So yeah, <laughs> I got uh, that video yeah, I'm working yeah. on. Just some of the stuff you you really have to look out for at these places. For, for sure. And I think it's one, and, and like Vegas in particular is a destination where, you know, they're just, there's so many different levels of people who want to book hotels. And there's so many different levels of hotels that yeah. particularly a lot of travelers who come <laughs> from Europe or the UK, like where they've stayed in hostels. They're like, how bad can it be? You know, and you're like, bad, pretty bad. Yeah. And I only did it because I'm like, you know what? I see the different videos about, you know, the worst rated properties on the strip. Uh, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go stay in one and see how bad they can actually be. So I do it according to Yelp. So recently I did the worst, uh -huh. rated, worst rated restaurants and food, and I teched out the top three places. And so I decided, you know, what? I'm going to venture off in the hotel and kind of do something completely opposite of what the big YouTubers are doing with showing the nice places and the best suites and stuff. Let's go find some of these raunchy spots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice. That idea. Nice. <laughs> Let's say I didn't use the room at all. <laughs> Right. That's that's probably the best practice, actually. You know, yeah, like, I'm yeah. going to capture this for posterity's sake and for everybody else to see. And, you know, I'll go back to what Resorts World or the Circa, you know, I see you represent oh, yeah. both there. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wifey was like, hey, you're taking your own blanket, sheets and pillows. Yeah. Uh -huh. So I don't want any of that coming back to our home either. That's right? it. Yeah. That's awesome. So let's jump into a little Vegas stuff. Um, Sounds good. When did you start incorporating Las Vegas into the channel? I'd probably actually have to like go onto the channel and then be like, what was the first Las Vegas video that I did? But I'm going to answer this a different, slightly different way, which is because um, I don't remember the date of the first Vegas video that I did. Okay. Uh, but I will say that the point that I was like, Las Vegas is actually kind of a really amazing place or pe place that like people want to watch mm -hmm. was the video that I did on the five worst cheap hotels on the Las Vegas Strip. And my epiphany was that as a travel channel, most people would watch my videos because they were going to a destination and they were researching it. Where yeah. the five worst cheap hotels people watch not planning, they might not even be going to Vegas. Yeah. They've heard of Vegas, they've been to Vegas, and they want to see it. And so then a whole bunch of my Vegas content, I try to create not just for people who are visiting, although it is for them, but also for people who are, who are just curious. Uh, and so it was also from that video that I was like, um, Vegas just needs to be a regular part of this channel, right? That there's yeah. so many people going to Vegas. It is like the number one destination in the USA. People from all over the world comes. It changes so much more than any other destination. Uh, and at the time when I started incorporating it, you know, let's call it six, seven years ago, something like that, there weren't as many like full-time YouTubers as they are now covering Las right. Vegas. Um, and so it's, it's great to see that like more information, the better. And so I, I kind of love the whole YouTuber ecosystem on, on Vegas now. That's what I wanted to touch on. Do you have any people that inspired you coming into YouTube? What did that look like? And who are some of your favorites today that are covering Vegas? Yeah. Um, so I'll answer that in two parts. One, it's like kind of who were my inspirations for <laughs> YouTube and then like what are some channels that I like uh, in Vegas today. Uh, and so inspirations for YouTube, um, one has been uh, Walter's World, Mark from Walter's World. Nice. I feel like him and I are particularly in like a similar space of like these sort of like informative, honest things. Mm -hmm. You know, I might do like things to surprise you. He'll do things that shock you, scams, <laughs> how to do all that stuff. Uh, I love Mark. He's a great guy. So he's been yeah. an inspiration. Um, you know, certainly from a vlogging perspective, you know, a lot of people reference Casey Neistat. I, mm -hmm. I love Casey Neistat's just um, style on the videos, right? You're like, you just feel like you're talking to him as like another friend yeah. in the room. Um, and and I also love the 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 OG of like travel creators, Rick Steves, uh, who you okay. know had his start in PBS on Europe travel and things like that. But I, I like that when you read Rick Steves' books or things like that, he'll he'll tell you like, here's the restaurant that I like to eat at. You know, whereas you watch like other, you know, the travel content that say Expedia puts out or whatever, and it's not like it's the like really corporate 
kind of minded thing to be like, or, or yeah. here's the top restaurants in the city, but like, what's the one you as the host like, you know, to be like, these are the best ones, but I really like the lasagna from this place because it's better yes. than anywhere, right? Like in, in Vegas, you know, like I, for barbecue, I really like roll and smoke barbecue, for example, right? But it might not be, it might be one because it's like weird location by the freeway and the strip club yeah. or something that, that like wouldn't make the super polished, uh, you know, guidebook on Vegas, for yeah. example. Um, so I like that. Go ahead. Yeah. And, and so then to answer your question on uh, Vegas YouTubers, I mean, there's a lot of great ones right now. I, I, I love to see what Pompsy's doing because Pompsy's mm -hmm. doing a lot of hotel reviews. And I think he's taken the whole hotel style to a whole different level. Yeah. Um, and as a as a YouTuber, like I watch the things to be like he walks into the hotel room and of course – you see him walking in the hotel room, which means it's like he's walking in the first time. But of course, he put the camera in there before to capture yeah. him walking, uh, you know, but like if you just kind of suspend that like video maker for a moment, you're like, this is very well done. Um, yeah. So I love that. Uh, I, you know, Jacob Life's in Las Vegas is uh, great. Um, all You Can Vegas is great as well. Um, and I like I can't I can't clearly name them all here today. Um, yeah, right. Like there's a long list, but I I like following other Vegas YouTubers because that's how how I learn about uh, that's how I learn about Vegas too. It really is neat because I watch a lot of people, like I said. And when you mentioned Jacob's life in Vegas, he's yeah. actually grown up like 20 minutes away from where my hometown is. So it's really oh. even more envious to see somebody come from my part of California, go in there, grow up, and share information like you guys do and grow a channel like he's done it's like all right this can be done okay this yeah. is really really cool so yeah. yeah i really um enjoy J uh, jacob's channel as well yeah just and it's another one where like you watch it and he, you know jacob's jacob right mm -hmm. uh, whether you like jacob or not right and that's the thing about youtube right there's some people they might watch his channel and not like him and like me better and there's some people that click into my channel and mm -hmm. go like dude what's with this guy's pandas I don't, I'm out of here this guy's got pandas I'm like look if you don't like pandas then you probably won't like yellow production so yeah. that's awesome so we discovered we so we talked a little bit about some of the worst what would be some of your favorite places to stay mm. uh favorite places to stay so I, I have a lot of favorites because I like mm -hmm. to actually stay at a lot of the Vegas hotels yeah. Uh, but certainly from the high end, uh, like my like my one favorite hotel is definitely the Venetian or the Palazzo. Okay. Um, I, I just I love the theming of the place. I love the rooms too. Like mm -hmm. the room, there's some hotels you go to and you're like, even in Vegas where the rooms are small and they smell smoky. And, but like the Venetian room, like they're huge. You know, they've got like the whole area with the bed, like the sunken bedroom, that sort of stuff. And you just feel like I could just be in this room while I'm here. I mean, obviously – you didn't go to Vegas to stay in the room. Um, I also like the wind and the encore if I want something a little okay. bit more quiet because um, it kind of has a bit more subdued vibe. If I'm looking for a hotel that doesn't have casinos and that I kind of want to get in and out a little bit faster, nice. um, I like what used to be the Mandarin Oriental at City Center. Okay. It's now the Waldorf Astoria. Um, super great strip location. No casino, so you can get to your rooms quickly. And I also like Marriott's Grand Chateau, which is kind of like a timeshare property, but it's like right across from Planet Hollywood. It's technically not on the strip, but it's like 50 feet from the strip or something. Uh, yeah. And so you can get like the rooms with the full kitchens and all that stuff there. Just kind of another like laid back place that you can go to and feel like when you go there to go to sleep, you're not like listening to the nightclub that's like busting out, you know, some trance music at three in the morning. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. And now you mentioned something and what I really enjoy about your channel. And I know I keep talking about it, but it's one thing when you say stuff and you don't even second guess what you say. So one thing I wrote down purposely is I, I agreed 100% when you mentioned this is what's your number one recommendations when it comes for families, hotels to stay at? Yeah. Um, so I think there's like a, de a decision that families have to make when they're going, which mm -hmm. is, uh, and it's also related to like, do they have a car and are they willing to drive? Because I think that like leads to two different decisions. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think that families I actually think like breakfast is really important. Like free yeah. breakfast is really important. And so, I mean, I really like the Spring Hill Suites, Residence Inn, Homewood Suites, like those kind of properties, because like the whole family can just go down the breakfast and like get full for free at the beginning. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, there's like, in particular, I like, a there's a Homewood Suites that's like the Homewood Suites city center. So it's like just on the other side of the 15 from the city center complex. That's a pretty good one for families. You can get, you know, connecting rooms and all that sort of stuff. If families are looking to stay on the strip, then, um, you know, I, 
I don't recommend Circus Circus and I don't recommend yeah. Excalibur, even though that those like look like the places where kids want to stay, but they're just they could use a little bit of elbow grease and polish yeah. from about <laughs> 40 years ago is when they started to like, <laughs> you know, um, and so then in that case, like, Chris, which which ones would you recommend for families on the strip? Uh, I would recommend uh, either the Luxor or the Mandalay Bay. I would put Mandalay Bay above the Luxor. Yeah. The Luxor is cool just because it's like it's a pyramid and they're pyramid rooms and there's an inclinator. And so I think there's something fun for young families there. The Mandalay Bay has a really neat pool complex, like that's yeah. an amazing wave pool. Um, and then it's all since it's away from the main hustle and bustle of the strip, you don't have some of the same like vagrantry maybe that you have like like you know center strip so what would be some of your gotta go to have meals in las vegas what are some of your favorite places to visit restaurant wise yeah uh the first place i, I visit well whether it's the first place but the place i always visit every time i go to las vegas is the earl of sandwich at Planet nice uh, nice yeah. i love that place nice. awesome uh, awesome. I uh, and you know their tagline is like the world's greatest hot sandwich. And sometimes like like I hate places that have like we're the world's best burger. But I'm like <laughs> I actually feel like the Earl of Sandwich at the Planet Hollywood in Las Vegas is the world's greatest hot sandwich. Mind you, Earl of Sandwich has other locations in Vegas. They have one at Caesar's right. Palace. They have one at the Palms. Go to the one at Planet Hollywood. It's better. It's cheaper. It's open 24 hours. That's the spot to be for sandwiches. Um, you know, even though I'm from LA, uh, I like if I'm looking for breakfast and I'm near the Cosmopolitan, I like Egg Slut. Uh, they okay. have like really good breakfast sandwiches. They have a big one in LA, um, but the lines are always like a thousand people. They're ridiculous, like oh, hours wow. long lines in LA. And so in Vegas, I can get that in 15 minutes. I love buffets. Uh, and so okay. um, I really like the Wicked Spoon uh, at the Cosmopolitan. Um, I've also, you know, in previous years when it was open, like the buffet at the Aria. Uh, the the one at Caesar's Palace, the Bacchanal buffet, I'm I'm kind of mixed on because really? food's good, but the price is really high. Ooh, yeah, you know? uh, and and so that's where like I'm not quite sure it meets the it's like seventy five or eighty five dollars. I mean, it's like it just gets more and more expensive. Um, next time I go to Vegas, I'm gonna try it again because people have said mm -hmm. it's been reimagined. Uh, but that's one that I'm sort of. I'm sort of 50-50 on it. I do like that they take reservations now, which is kind of okay. neat so you don't have to stand in like a long line for a buffet. Um, but those those are a few of my few of my standbys. Okay. So what about favorite steakhouse in Las Vegas? What would be your favorite steak place to visit? Yeah, my favorite steakhouse in Las Vegas is Mastro's, and it's in okay. um, Crystal's, which is the um, shopping center in city center. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of like – it's it's on the second floor and it's almost in this what what looks like a wooden bottle or something like it's hard to describe unless you actually look yeah. at it but they have like a neat location in that plaza um, I just love the steaks there they're some of the best I've ever had I, I know Mastro's is a chain steakhouse mm -hmm. but they have they have really good steak nice what about pizza you have a go to for pizza. Mm, I have a couple places that I like for pizza. Um, one of them was closed, which was 550 at Aria. Uh, that place closed. I like that. Um, but probably my current go-to place, and it's, it's been a long-time favorite, uh, is at the New York, New York Hotel. Um, it's called like Sirocco's or Sirico's. I probably always mispronounce it. Mm -hmm. But there's like a pizza by the slice place in the casino of the New York, New York Hotel. Uh, in particular, I like their sicilian style square pan pizzas it's okay. hard to get square pan pizza now if anybody if any of your viewers or listeners are going to take me up on this when you go to new york new york i do not mean the one that's by the bridge as you come in there's a pizza by the slice place when you come in on the okay. second story bridge from the escalibur mgm not that one it's the one that's down on the casino floor um, that has the square slice of pizza they also for like okay. Eight dollars or eight dollars and eighty-eight cents. They have like a, a slice of pizza and a beer uh, special, oh, which I think is like one of the one of the best deals you can get on the strip. Yeah, you can't beat that. That's right. So, what would be your recommendations for late night eats in Las Vegas? Well, we've certainly are already covered uh, the Earl of Sandwich. They're open mm -hmm. twenty-four hours. Yeah, right. Um, and you know whether this is super late night or not. I mean, I really like In and Out Burger. Anybody who follows okay. my channel knows I'm a huge lover of In and Out Burger. They have a location now on the Strip, um, in the Link uh, Plaza, and so they're open till like one or one thirty every night. That's pretty good. 
Um, you know, I think uh, other spots for late night eats, I actually think like downtown's a pretty good place for late night eats because I think a lot of the downtown hotels have a lot of those like, yeah. you know, 2 a.m. specials and all those sorts of things. Uh, and then I think if you go the other direction to the South Point Hotel, the other side of the strip, they also have a lot of those. Like if you're here, here at 2 a.m., then our prime rib's like eight bucks. Um, yeah. You, you, don't, like, you don't find those on the big strip hotels anymore, right. but you will find them at the off, off strip hotels. And that's awesome. I'm glad you mentioned downtown because those are two videos I created this week. It's State of the oh. Worst Rated Hotel and Late Night Eats Downtown Las Vegas. Nice. So that's nice. awesome. Cool. What would be some recommendations from first timers you would give people visiting Las Vegas, whether, you know, it'd be attire, whether it'd be places to visit, activities, stuff like that? Yeah. My first recommendation for people who are visiting Vegas for the first time is uh, don't think you can do it all on your first visit. I don't care how long your first visit is. You can't do it all in your first visit. Vegas is um, deceptively large. And like, you you know, you look at it on a map as someone who hasn't been there and you're like, oh, it's pretty small. It's one street, all these things like these properties are massive, right? You just like you walk into one, you know, like you could walk into uh, like the Venetian and spend all day exploring that one hotel and, and like still not see it all. Um, and so you know what? What I would say though to first-time visitors is also not to not to overdo the walking. It's very easy to go and say, "I'm gonna see this. I'm gonna see this. I'm gonna see this. Yeah. I'm gonna see the. I'm gonna see the Luxor, and then I'm gonna go see the uh, the Mirage because I'm gonna go see the volcano explode, and then I'm I'm gonna walk downtown because that's close by. And then your second day, you're gonna have so many blisters on your feet that you'll be like, <laughs> like I can't walk anymore. Yeah. Uh, particularly if you're there in the summer, because people I think um, underappreciate in the summer just how hot it is right like oh it's it's hot you know um yeah. and so in the summer you just can't dress cool enough for how hot it is right you need to spend your time indoors the best time to walk the strip in the summer is 10 at night um because that's when it finally cools down uh and then the the, the final bit of advice that i have for people who are coming on their first time is not to assume that Uber and Lyft is the best way to get around. Uh, and the reason why is because, uh, you know, there's a taxi mafia in Vegas and uh, <laughs> they've made it so that taxis can pick up in the front of the hotels and Uber and Lyft picks up on like basement level three of the garage. And so like, yeah. you're like, oh, well, just to find the Uber pickup from where you are in the casino could be like a 30 minute walk where if you just walked out to the front, got in the taxi, got in the taxi line, you, you may well get to your destination qu quicker and actually cheaper because you're not having to traverse half the casino and half the city to get there. I love it. So what would be some of your favorite shows in Las Vegas to check out? My one favorite show is the Blue Man Group. I always like the Blue Man nice. Group. They've they've moved around, and so I'm I'm not even sure like I have a bead on what hotel they're in, but um, <laughs> yeah. you know they're like guys who dress in these blue skin fit tight suits and they play on these neat musical instruments. I, I love Blue Man Group. I think you can't go wrong with any of the Cirque shows. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I always like David Copperfield too. You know, I'm a sucker for magic and I think David Copperfield is one of the like, just like classic magicians. Uh, his show is expensive. Uh, and so that's one of those to be like, if you know, if you can get the half price tickets from the, you know, half price ticket stands, um, that, yeah. that can work out pretty good. And speaking of pricing, do you find yourself splurging in Las Vegas more than you would, you know, when you're at home on a meal or something like that and that into that effect? Yeah, I think certainly on food I do. And even <laughs> though I'm a, I'm like I'm a cheap eater, like I like yeah. cheap eats and, and I don't even know that I like expensive eats more than cheap eats. But like I will go for the 70 or 80 dollar buffet or, yeah. you know, I will like I haven't done it yet, but I want to go have the Peking Duck at um, Mont 32 at the Venetian and the Palazzo. And it's another okay. one of those like hundred dollar plus kind of meals. Right. But yeah. I'm like Ve Vegas can draw some of those um best cuisine, best meal in the world kind of mm -hmm. things. Yeah. Um, and so while I can't afford those every day, I do think they are worthwhile to have for like, this is the place to have it. Although, you know, the problem as a world traveler of having some of those like most amazing foods when you splurge for it yeah. is then like you're ruined for other ones to be like, ah, <laughs> all Peking duck stinks after I've had this one. You know? yeah. That's awesome. I love that. So when you're in Vegas, do you gamble at all? And if you do, what's your game of choice? Yeah. Um, slot machines. Is that lame? You know, I like the slot machines. I okay. like the lights, I like the sound, uh, but I'm a, I'm a slot machine gambler. Uh, if I'm not gambling at the slot machines, 
uh, <clears throat> then it would be roulette because roulette's just a okay easy game, pretty understandable. I will, you know, and you can just kind of go in and you don't have to spend like eight hours at the roulette table. You can yeah. just be like, I'm gonna put a hundred dollars on red, you know, yeah, and well, there and done. That's right, and and done. And the slot machines, you know, I just like I kind of like the mini games. You know, my background's in computers, computer science, software, all that stuff, and so I just okay. kind of like all the different, like oh, like you get this, and you get to this level. And I know in my head that that mini game that I'm playing has no result to what I'm actually going to win, right? Because the whole yeah. like it's our I push the button and it's decided how much I'm going to win already. And I push these buttons and different things come up on the screen, but it really doesn't matter what I push. Yeah. So with all your travels, what would you say is the one place that is pretty similar to Las Vegas and everywhere that you visited? Hmm. I don't know that I've been to any one place that is similar to Las Vegas. I yeah. feel like Las Vegas is a really unique destination in the world. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and draw a comparison to Macau. Um, okay. You know, okay. Macau is like China's Vegas. And if there's any one place that's closest in the world to Vegas, it's Macau because the companies that built the Vegas hotels have built similar ones in right. Macau. There's a Venetian in Macau. There's a Wynn in Macau. They are not the same at all they may look the same on the outside but the vibe and the spirit is completely different like in macau it really feels the casinos there feel devoid of life and devoid really? of the buzz that vegas has yeah and like when you so when people come to macau um you know it's mostly visitors from mainland china mm -hmm. and uh it's typically men who've come from mainland China for like an intense gambling session and right. then they let the wives go off to shop in the mall and so you'll see the wives in the mall the men at the gambling table but there's no like sorority parties or you know bachelorette parties or you know yeah. we're getting married like all that, all those extra things that make Vegas what it is that that doesn't exist in Macau um, and so it just it, it lacks the same soul Okay, see, and I've heard a lot of interesting things about Macau, like the limits up there can be a lot higher. But mm. because a lot of the people that come in from China, gambling is, you know, it's a, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? It's like, it's frowned upon, right? So when they come, when they come there, they're very serious. And it's not the same mentality and vibe that they're, you know, you're That's looking right. to go to Vegas. Yes. So it's yes. a different dynamic is what I've heard as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I and I think like to that point, you know, people go to Vegas to be like, look, win or lose, I'm here to have fun, right? Mm -hmm. I may win this time and I'm, I may lose this time. It's all a big deal. I think that people are going to Macau to win. And I think they're so serious about winning. Um, I don't yeah. want to say that they're all cheats, but the casinos no. are so serious that like some casinos, when they've seen I've had a camera, um, have actually been like, you can't even be holding that um, yeah. in the casino area. I'm like, oh, I'm just, it just doesn't really fit in my bag. So I'm just, no, no, no. It's got to be a way. There was one – I've been to Macau a number of times, and the first okay. time I went there was bef before it was part of China, and it was still like a Portuguese colony, and they okay. were like really serious about the cheaters, and they put a – they searched my bag. Like to go into any casino – I mean like people at Cosmopolitan, like, oh my god, they search people's bags. Right. In Macau, they would search people's bags going into every casino. Every casino, you'd go through metal detectors, and if there was a camera, they had a sticker that said no cameras, and they would put it on the camera. To be clear to you, I don't speak your language, but I bet you know what this sticker of no cameras looks like, and so I'm sticking wow. that on your camera. Yeah, it's like I, I've never had that happen to me anywhere in the world except here. So. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. So – if you had to pick one event to do outside of Las Vegas, meaning, you know, not the Strip, not downtown, whether it be ATV, Mount Charleston, Hoover Dam, stuff like that, what would you recommend somebody does? Yeah, uh, I've, I have two answers for this one. Uh, so, okay. yeah, my number one one would be Hoover Dam. I think Hoover Dam is just one of those, like, wonders of the world. It's just kind of a really neat, like, it's a big, it's amazingly huge, and you can go inside and take the tours and see how the turbines work. But yeah. the... So here's my my second recommendation is actually not really a Vegas day trip, but it's like Vegas adjacent. Uh, and so Zion National Park is nice. a three hour drive from Vegas. And so I would tack on an extra day or extra two days um, and I would visit Zion National Park just as kind of like another one of those like wonders of the world. And if you'd say, well, Chris, should I go to the Grand Canyon or should I go to Zion? Um, 
Grand Canyon, you see the canyon from the top. You can totally do it from Vegas too. It's like four hours to the Grand Canyon. Uh, you see the canyon from the top. Yeah, you can ride a mule in, but most people just see the Grand Canyon from the top. Zion, you're like in the canyon and you look up at it and it just, I feel it has like even more of this like, that's amazing, like just amazing nature. So, and I love it. they're going there. I totally have a whole video about tips on uh, Zion National Park that uh, they might want to be we'll be watching i love it yeah. see this Great. is why i'm glad i had you on because it's not just the the specific stuff we're used to right it's not just the hoover dam it's stuff outside that that's why i really enjoy the channel yeah. because when you say stuff like i said i mean i mentioned and i talked about a little bit earlier you say stuff in the channel and the live streams that you don't necessarily second think like when you mentioned the family staying at mandalay because of the pool purposes and stuff like that or you mentioned like another one was certain properties not having resort fees and you just yeah. started naming them off right one after yeah. another i'm like this guy knows his stuff and that's the kind of stuff that i feel is very beneficial when checking out your channel so again man i, I appreciate this very much this is really yeah. fun to do no thanks julian i appreciate it i have a I have like an interesting side note about that point about like what's the mm -hmm. information that people say all the time and yeah. you know as a as a content creator you know when i'm researching a destination i'll struggle with that too, but a, a friend of mine, he went to live in Naples, Italy. He had a job there for a year, and he looked up the yeah. best places in Naples, Italy for pizza. And like every website he looked at had the same 10 places, same 10, and maybe, you know, one or two new ones here. Now, yeah. when he got in Naples, they have like this like book of all the pizzerias. There are 3,000 pizzerias in Naples. Wow. And so to, to say that it's the same 10 that always make the top 10, you know, and so he's like, look, you know, I, every other day I'm going to go eat at a pizza restaurant and blog about it, right, so that I can really tell people what the best pizzas are because I don't believe they are these top ten. And I think yeah. that's one of the challenges – and he's like, sure enough, you know, he's like, I found this and this and this were better. But people just kind of like recirculate the same content. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so that's one where I'm like – to me, I try not to take those top ten lists. Or, you know, my – my worst yeah. cheap hotels on Las Vegas Strip, they're like, Chris, according to who? You know, and I'm like, well, I'm going to look at TripAdvisor, but, but according to me, you know, like I've been to a lot of hotels. According to me, these are awful. I like it. I like it. Yeah. So how many times per year do you make it to Vegas genuinely? Yeah, in a, in in normal years and typical years, I would probably say typically about three times to Vegas in a year. Okay. Um, obviously, COVID times have been sort of weird, and, and I uh, haven't been since the – I was there in – December of um, right December right before the pandemic, uh, okay. So uh, my my goal is to get there again before year end this year, um, but I've got uh, no promises on dates or times yet. But I do plan okay. to get there because I need to make my annual what's new in Vegas for 2022. That's been a tradition I've been doing for like you know five years now. Like hey, what's open in the last year and what's coming in the next year? Uh, and so I will have one of those on youtube by january 1st because like pe mm. people expect it if it's january 2nd people like chris where is your video about what's new in las vegas that's awesome well i hope omega mar makes it on the list because that place was awesome to check out yeah it is it, it is on my list awesome that place is fun man right on. um that's one of those places you can get stuck in for five hours or an hour it's really depending on the person but yeah it's cool. totally worth the money do you have any bucket list items that you've yet to accomplish since visiting that you want to get to, but you just haven't had the luck? In Vegas, I don't know that I would say that there's things I've wanted to do that I haven't okay. done. I mean, I kind of like generally do do the stuff that I want to do. You know, certainly yeah. I watch, you know, Pompsy's videos and he stayed in like the 2000 square foot suite at the Cosmopolitan or all those sorts of things. And I don't like, I don't, I, I never have a big desire to stay in the 2000 square foot suite because it's like, me, my wife, and my daughter sleeping in the hotel room. Yeah. That's about like all we're doing in that hotel. And and so like the big suites don't like they don't they don't do all that much for mm -hmm. us. And I think we go to Vegas enough that we just we, we do the things that we want to do. Uh, I guess yeah. if there is one, now that you've you've had me talking about it, I have not been to the what, the Grand Canyon like Skywalk. There's like the name oh, of the okay. tribe yeah. that has like the Skywalk. I know it has mixed reviews. Some people like it's mm -hmm. cool. Some people like it's lame. Um, it's just one that I would like to see as one of those things as a, you know, Chris, you know a lot about Vegas. What do you know about that? Is it worthwhile to go? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And so actually that like, it's that that like draws me to go to a lot of things that maybe I even wouldn't naturally to be like, mm -hmm. just so that I can answer people's questions to be like, Chris, I was going to go to this part of the Grand Canyon or this one. 
I can read the advice that I've read that other people said, but I actually want to be able to give you my opinion instead of just regurgitate that same thing. And I, I love that because I'm doing kind of the same similar thing with visiting different properties away from the strip, away from downtown, going into, yeah. you know, the sunset stations and checking out these yeah, hole yeah. in the wall poker cool. palaces. And right. it, it does because it brings up a different topic of, hey, yes, everybody knows the main hustle and bustle of the strip and downtown. But if you actually, you know, are looking for cheaper gambling and odds and stuff like that, there's plenty of other places around to check out that you can find that may appease sure. you. For sure, for sure. Well, it was like when when I went into um, South Point, uh, you know, I was like in South Point, uh, the casino, like up on the second floor above the casino, there's like 60 or like 100 bowling alleys. Like South yeah. Point is all about tournament bowling. And I was like, what? What, what are all these bowling? I mean, this is amazing, right? And the fact that they're on the second floor, like I've never – Bowling alleys aren't on the second floor. They're always on the ground floor, right? <laughs> this whole second floor to build bowling. It's just, I think it's another one of the things about Vegas, right? Where you're like, at, you go to the Silverton Casino and there's like mermaids and an aquarium, right? I mean, there's all this stuff that just can kind of blow your mind a little bit, right? Yeah. And only only in Vegas ex type experiences. That's it. And that I was funny is I was just in Vegas, one of my recent trips for like a week. And three of the days I was at South Point because we were having an event there. And in the midst of this event, a bowling tournament going on, they had um, part of the rodeo going on or a bull riding going on. So yeah. throughout the casino, you had all these collectors and then you had all these different bowling teams and bull riders all over. It was just a wild mixture throughout the property. I'm like, what the hell is going on? But it was yeah. fun because that's, yeah. that's it. In Vegas, anything's happening at all that's times. Right. That's right. And that's actually like when there are the conventions or the events, you know, to your point, like, you know, if, if you're there when the big rodeos there, like I, everybody's got a cowboy hat on and boots with spurs other than me. You know, like It's cool, though. right? So, yeah. It is. It is. So, again, Chris, anything you would like to share with people when it comes to Vegas as far as, you know, tips, things to watch out for and stuff like that on their visit? Maybe, you know, scams to, you know, avoid along yeah. those lines. Well, we've certainly talked about the resort fees. You know, mm -hmm. I, I contend that resort fees continue to be a scam on all of us, and people respond and say, but Chris, it's not a scam because everybody does it. And I'm like, it's a scam that everybody's in on, and not everybody does it. Uh, and That's so it. I actually I actually like the hotels that – here's the price. This is the price. You know, the, the new Virgin Hotel that replaced the Hard Rock Hotel, yeah. no resort fees, right? Like you yeah. book the room, it's $60. That's the yeah. room, as opposed to you book the room at the Circus Circus for twenty four ninety five, twenty four ninety five plus a fifty dollar a day resort fee. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, right? I I hate this like whole nickel and dime thing, and that's what you'll find that Vegas hotels have perfected the art of what I call the come on pricing, right? Which yeah. is come here, it's only twenty dollars a night, but breakfast isn't free it's not even five dollars the starbucks here isn't even five bucks we've we've like yeah. jacked up the price of the starbucks to be twice as much you know you want a bottle of water that's seven dollars right uh and so i would really say look at all those things included and then say was the room really 29 dollars, or do you want to say i'm 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 gonna go to the homewood suites or i'm gonna go to the residence inn and i'm gonna i'm gonna take a taxi or an uber for 10 minutes to the strip and i'm gonna save hundred dollars a night or two hundred dollars a night, you know, particularly when you look at all that breakfast stuff. Um, I think, you know, scam wise, um, I just say be careful the club promoters if you like to go to nightclubs and all that stuff. Uh, <clears throat> there can be a lot of people on the strip that can give you a good deal, um, mm -hmm. but don't give them any money. Like don't buy anything from them. Like don't yeah. buy tickets to nightclubs from anybody on the strip uh, because they make money. The club promoters make money for getting you as a body in there, right? Like those, mm -hmm. their function is to try and get um, either one uh, people in early so that when the people who are paying get there, they're like, this place is crowded or yeah. to get pretty girls in. Uh, and so those are like their two functions and they get paid from the nightclubs if you like redeem their coupon, right? Or you, they put you on the list and, and you get in. Um, and so sometimes when people say this, they're like, Chris, not all nightclub promoters are scammers. They're not all scammers, but the ones who... Right charge you for the privilege on the strip those are scams right and we've covered that one recently especially you know the promoters nightclub promoters strip clubs yeah. 
they're going to tell you, hey, I'm going to get you there. Decent price, no cover, no fees. And you get there, you're going to pay double for a lot of stuff. And, for sure. you know, for it's sure. just a lot of BS. But yeah. I did want to cover the first one you mentioned, scams. And mm. so with the scams, I actually just interviewed the general manager of Virgin this last week and had him on the cool. podcast. So I went right down up. there and chatted with them a little and touched a little bit about resort fees and, you know, how yeah. that can make them stand out a little bit. And he was yeah. like excited to talk about, you know, the Norwegian cool. fees, what you see is what you get mentality. So hearing yeah. you say that, it just goes it. right in line. And so, yeah, I was like, you know what? I love that you mentioned those kind of things because people who don't go to Vegas often enough don't realize this is happening. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Well, and I just, I feel like, you know, this is like, right, honest price for honest service kind of thing. Uh, and yeah. this is, you know, earlier I told you I, I travel to Japan a lot. You know, one of the things I love is like a typical like Japanese service at a restaurant. Like you might go to a restaurant and let's say they've got like um, katsu curry. So they've got like breaded okay. pork cutlet with curry and rice. And they've got a medium size that's, I'm going to use US dollars at the moment, but they've got a medium size that's $10 and a large size is 12 And you order mm -hmm. the large size and they'll be like, well, hey, I just want to let you know the large size for that $2 only includes more rice. It doesn't include any more meat. Are you still okay with that? In the sense that they're like they're like trying to unsell you from the decision you made. So that whereas, you know, the like like the, like the McDonald's corporate thing is like, do you want to supersize that? And you're like, yeah, that sounds good. You don't even know what that is. You don't know how yeah. much it is. You're just like and and so that's where the whole thing about like, oh, it's more money and I'll just pay it as opposed to like no, no, no. Like if I owned a hotel, same thing. Like I would want people to come here and feel like they paid for what they got that, and that they didn't feel like, oh, I left and I paid $200 more. You know, that's uh, right. It, it leaves a bad taste in everybody's mouth when that happens. And I don't want people leaving a right, bad taste. I want them to leave and go like, I love to hear and I want to come back again. And so I think the virgin's going to engender that because people won't feel like they're nickel and dimed everywhere. Now, when you're visiting and traveling to these other countries, does it get hard money transfer and stuff like that with paying other, and other money yeah another currency yeah. there you go yeah you know uh, i generally try to pay digitally wherever i can so places that take credit cards and i'll use credit oh, okay. cards overseas um and and I'd, so i guess i guess this would be like my two money thoughts about traveling overseas one is you know yeah, you definitely need a credit card that does not charge foreign transaction fees because mm -hmm. those can be you know, three to five percent or more, and quickly like will like eat into eat into any savings you have on stuff. Um, but two, uh, right, taking out cash. You know, the whole like currency exchange places in airports. I'm big on just. I use my ATM card when I get there, and I try to go to an ATM that's not the sucky airport one that like oh. charges tourist extortion exchange rates because they know <laughs> it's another one right like that atm in that foreign airport they know you're going to use it you don't care you know we're like if you just find if you it requires a little bit of research to be like what's the one that's a bank that might take my atm card um, but if it's just a normal local atm then they usually charge pretty fair um foreign transaction fees and then you don't get hit with the currency conversion because you're not paying for somebody to sit there and count bills in an airport right yeah but then yes it's you know how, what what's the art of taking out just enough such that i spend it all and that i don't have more so that i i don't have to change it back and and that's just one of those to be like okay well some back of napkin math about like i think i'll spend this much cash because i'm taking this many taxis or i'm paying this much in tips or whatever and at any of the countries or was one more expensive than you thought it was going to be was there one more that stood out more than the other countries Food-wise, uh, the Scandinavian countries, Norway and Sweden, but Norway in particular, like, and so both, but both Norway and Sweden have like a Pizza Hut, like we have Pizza Hut okay. in the U.S. Most places have Pizza Hut, you know, and like a medium pizza at Pizza Hut in the U.S. might be like ten bucks, right? Uh, a medium pizza from Pizza Hut in Sweden or Norway is like thirty dollars, uh, wow. and it's it's just one of those where like. <laughs> Eating out is so much more expensive in the Scandinavian countries. They have like a much higher tax base, um, but I think they also like pay their workers a higher way. There's just like I think so many more expenses for them. And then people only eat out in Norway and Sweden on like special occasions um, uh -huh. as opposed to, you know, I think in the U.S. like me, for example, I eat lunch out. 
pretty much every day, right? Like yeah. I, I go, I go eat lunch. Yeah, that's like it's what I do. Um, whereas that's that's not the case in those. Or they might have like a work cafeteria that they get their lunch at that's reasonably priced. But then when they go to a restaurant, they want it to be special and all those sorts of things. And so we, yeah. we were blown away by the food pricing. This will be my last one for you. And again, dude, this has been awesome. Now, have you had any issues? with recording in casinos in Vegas and you had any in those bad encounters at all? Yeah. Uh, not, not as bad as the encounter Pompsy had where they like, you know, yeah. him off the property at the cosmopolitan, which obviously they, you know, then later said like, uh, that was a mistake. Why don't you come back here? Uh, it's never <laughs> been that bad. Um, but you know, as a YouTuber, right. Pulling out a camera anywhere, Vegas casinos, restaurants, all sorts of things. I, I will consider that there are the unenlightened who say, um, you can't film here. And yeah. one of the – it's just a response over doing this over the years. It would – it would st- in the beginning, it would sting. Like it would be like I came here and I, I planned to do something, and now you're going to tell me not to. And don't you know it's, it's going to be good for you because I, yeah. I mean – you know, okay. If I'm walking around the travel lodge, they're like, "What are you doing here?" I'm like, "Fine, I you." Uh, but, but for the, that's like, you know, 99% of the content is 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 good content. Uh, and and so I, you know, it's one where when the security guards or whomever tells me you can't film here, I just go and say, "Great, thanks." Yeah. Thanks for thanks for telling me to do your job, and hope I either got the footage that I needed, um, you know, or like come back later when they're not there uh you know like obviously if it's like standing over the roulette table or something like that's fairly obvious but sometimes people ask me things like um you know like i i did footage in um amazon fresh which is amazon's like high-tech grocery store that they've been opening a bunch in southern california and some people like chris how are you able to get that footage and i was like i just i I walked in the store and i (laughs) shot my footage but i i also intentionally tried not to call attention to myself right like i didn't uh, like i didn't i wasn't obnoxious you know Mm -hmm. and so i think that um a lot of the people who really get asked to stop are people who are like super loud super obnoxious super obvious and so i think if you're also like if people say you can't you can't videotape here i'm like can I use my phone? Is that okay? Yeah. They'll be like, yeah. oh yeah, you can use your phone. Great. I'll record this whole thing on my phone. No problem. You know? But like weird policies, right? I'm sure you've run into those policies too. So I've actually started to use this a lot more. And actually for this uh, upcoming Vegas trip, I just got um, the DJI nice. Pocket 2 as just another like small, really um, unobvious camera. So if you're, you know, walking around the buffet at Caesar's Palace, hey, I want to shoot the buffet. Um, you know, people aren't going to be like, what's that guy doing with that big right. DSLR? He's just like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. Probably something just for Facebook or Instagram or something. And he's not bothering anybody. So I do want to say, I want you to know, I watched, you know, a lot of the bigger YouTube channels when it comes to growing your channel, you know, the Nick Nimmons, the Roberto Blakes, the, yeah, yeah. the D's. I know I watched these guys religiously over this last year. So to be able to do this with you and cover Vegas, which I love, which is already pertaining to what we like to talk about, dude, I can't thank you enough. This has been the cherry on top of being able to do all of this. It's people like you, like I said, who inspire me to jump in and bring people on like you so you can share information that you don't realize. But when people are listening, they're like, you know what? I'm going to go check out this place he just mentioned that doesn't have a resort fee or this steakhouse that he really likes, you know? So I appreciate this more than, you know, man, seriously, thank you for doing this and keep up the great work. Like the video you shared today of of the glow place. Like I thought that was neat. There's so much little things you're sharing about and it's not just Vegas guys. So again, if you're into traveling, if you're into learning new things about different places, this guy's channel is the man to be watching. Oh, right on. Thanks, Julian. I appreciate it. Uh, and thank you for all those kind words. Uh, thanks for having me on your show. Um, thanks for uh, sharing a little bit of Yellow Productions love uh, with your followers as well. Uh, and Julian, uh, you know, just taking the plunge here in the YouTube, uh, I wish you the best as well. And if you ever have any questions about anything, to, like, Chris, what do you think about this or what's that or should I not do this or any of these things, you know, you, yeah. you, you know you've always got a friend right here, a friend in I Yellow. Have- I appreciate that. I appreciate the pandas. And the next time, if you're in Vegas, let's link up and have some lunch, my brother. On me, of course. That sounds good. That sounds good, Julian. Thank you again, brother. And until the next time, cheers, my friend. All right. Thanks.
Slippery slope, it's not enough to please you. 